0: So our, our passage today is in two parts. Um, but rather than uh, thinking of that old football cliche of a game of two halves, it's actually um, has a common flow across it, and, and it's it sort of more sort of played out in two legs. There's a home part. And then an away. There's a home comprising the children of Israel in Galilee, and then the away, the Canaanite women, up in the region of Tyre and Sidon. In both, the, the disciples are their usually slightly disconnected selves. Uh, but Jesus, as always, is on top of it. Even though at times, particularly in that second half, it might look as if he isn't. So let's start with the discussion around hand washing. And it's got nothing to do with food hygiene. Or avoiding the spread of a virus. Or any of those normal things that we would associate You know, singing happy birthday to you with when it's not actually somebody's birthday, you know, that we thought of three years ago. Scientific knowledge now tells us it's a good idea to wash your hands. Be it before eating or preparing food, certainly, we wouldn't be getting five stars on the kitchen door if we didn't wash our hands before we started. because we know that spreads germs. But that spreading of germs is a relatively new understanding, only been about for the past couple of hundred years. Teaching is not about health, but about ritualistic practice. Things that were done religiously, but not worshipfully or heartfelt. The Pharisees, want people to follow the rules. It's how they understand relationship with God. And by following step A, and then step B, and then step C, you are thought to come closer in your relationship. All would be well. All would be put right if you simply do this, then this, then this. But anyone can do a series of steps, can't they? Anyone can do that. Anyone can read the scripture or sing the song. Anyone can recite a prayer that's been written and put in front of them. it's whether they're actually worshipping. Worship is not simply the singing or the music or the words. It's the honouring of God with our heart. And Jesus was saying that this practice that they were going through was not the honouring of God. It wasn't where the crowd were coming from. It's not where the Pharisees were coming from. The ceremonial washing of hands simply because the Pharisees understood the scripture, said, do this, did not lead to worship. And Jesus points out that what comes out of us, the things we say to others, the actions, too, that we do to others, reveal what's in the heart not so much the putting in. It is what we say that reveals whether we are worshiping God. Not simply the singing of a song on a Sunday morning, but how we live throughout the week. We worship God when we speak and act with his love for the world. We worship God when the fruit of the Spirit is growing within us. We worship God when we love our neighbor as ourselves no matter who they are or what they have done. We worship when we still love those who have evil thoughts that might defile themselves with hatred. People that might steal. People even such as on the news that have murdered an innocent child. We're called to have love for them and want the best things for them. we might find it hard to understand what they have done we might not want what they've done to ever happen again Yet we have to understand that god loves god loves every individual and calls us to love and when we do love, when we love with the heart that is of God, that is of worship. That is giving glory. That is praising his name. Ritualistic behavior is not worship. But what comes from the heart is Each one of us may worship and be closer to God as we engage in the elements of a service. But individually, that doesn't mean the thing is worship. And having had this discussion, Jesus moves onwards. And he moves onwards to a place where he might be slightly less recognized, though, of course, obviously in the passage he is. It's a place where he might be refreshed. It is a place where he might be able to spend some time himself in prayer. He moves north to a Gentile area. And a woman desiring the healing of her daughter in the way that many have already received healing, approaches the Lord. And then we enter this time of question about what Jesus is saying and doing and what the disciples are up to in the process too. The passage causes us some problems maybe. We might read it and say, actually, if dog is a derogatory term, is Jesus being a racist here? Is he refusing to do the healing? Does Jesus change his mind because that healing comes? What is this practice that's here? When Jesus earlier had sent the twelve out among the villages, uh, it's in Matthew 10, he specifically told them, don't go among the Gentiles. Don't go there. Don't head in those directions. Don't go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. But remember, by this stage, Jesus himself, with the disciples, had gone to Gentile areas. At this stage, where he said, you know, don't go there, don't deal with Gentiles, he'd been approached by a centurion who wanted his servant healed. And Jesus even offers to travel with the centurion to go with the Gentile, to see the servant, to bring the healing. He's interacted with Gentiles before. He's brought healing in those circumstances before. The faith of that officer was enough to bring the healing. Jesus didn't need to travel. But Jesus has traveled to Tyre and Sidon, to a Gentile area, and his going there is of his choosing. He's decided he wants to be there. He told the disciples not to go to Gentile areas, as they were starting to take their first steps. But he himself goes. goes. It's different from what he expected of the inexperienced disciples. And if we reread the words of the Lord in verse 8 of this passage, we can hear I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. There's no real punctuation in the original. We put the punctuation in. It depends on how we read it, for whether it's a statement, "I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel." or I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel." Is it a statement or is it a question? Was I sent only to the people you were sent? He's gone somewhere he didn't send them. He's interacted with people. That he didn't send them to, he is not the disciples being sent out for the first time. And so we could understand that as I wasn't sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. We heard last week when Graham, thank you for taking the service, Graham when Graham was preaching we, we, we heard something of the, um, the faith of Abram as he and Isaac journeyed to worship God on the mountain this was his Abram's only son and yet he was willing to sacrifice because he was trusting in the Lord it was his only son through Sarah But God had promised Abraham that he would have as many children as stars in the sky. And that these people would be God's people. But God had also said that this nation of people would be a light to all nations. they would bring forth the truth of God. It is not the place of the children of Abraham to be isolationist, but by word and example, to honor God, to reveal God, to show who God is, to be an example of God and enable others to come to know God. So we might have a sense about lost sheep that is wider than just children of Israel. The first leg had been following a challenge from the Pharisees about defilement of the body through non-adherence to ritualistic practice. We now see Jesus engage in conversation with a Gentile woman which would also be considered as personal defilement. Earlier the conversation had been about potentially dirty things going in the Jewish believer's mouth. Now there is a question of clean things. Food from the table. Uh, I went like that, kind of gesturing towards the communion table that isn't here um, in the rearrangement. You know, food from the table, falling to the dogs, clean stuff. Does that defile it when it goes to the people? Dog was this derogatory term for the Gentile. But Jesus doesn't directly say dog, or rather he expands upon the word. He says a word that means little dog. And kind of sort of says puppy. So there's a bit of wordplay going on. He's talking about the children and the puppy. a much softer word. It's, it's far more affectionate term. He's not being abusive, but bringing something in a conversation, going, what's, what's happening here? What's going on? What's this challenge? He opens the way for the women to respond for her to demonstrate her faith. And she has an understanding of the Father's love that is far beyond those Pharisees, perhaps even further beyond the disciples. The Canaanite women had a heart of worship Three times she calls Jesus Lord. She recognizes him as the son of David. She cries for help. In a not too dissimilar way to what we heard Peter cry to Jesus last week as he started to sink into the water. Help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. This is the opposite of the impurity that Jesus was talking of earlier. This is a cry from the heart that is coming out from her. She worships him. She worships the Lord and seeks his way, seeks his power to come into her life and the life of her child. This faith brings healing, and the family of faith grows. The Great Commission in time will call for disciples to be made of all nations. And in the early church, the Jewish readership of Matthew in the late first century saw more and more Gentiles in the northern towns coming to faith more even than in their own communities people were coming because of god's love because of his compassion because of how he cared for them and wanted their lives to be different this in some ways is foreshadowed in matthew 11 where jesus says woe to you chorazan Woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. A miracle has occurred now in Tyre and Sidon. And these people will honor God. The woman knew the presence of God. The challenge for us is whether as we come to him, we only engage in ritual, we turn up, we go through the motions, or whether we have a heart growing in God's love. May we have a relationship with Jesus that sees him alive in us shaping how we feel how we think how we love then as the fruit of the spirit grows within we will see the growth of the kingdom of god amen